Welcome to the Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, lots of news to get to this week, so we'll just jump right into it. So I had a uh, quick thing about uh, last week's ep- or last fortnight's episode. Inyash, you never gave us your favorite image from the riots. What? Oh, that's true. We asked about what your favorite image from the riots was, and uh, you never told us. Uh, gosh, I don't remember now. Um, right, it's so long ago. Yeah, right. I think it was just <laughs> like the general, three whole weeks. The general middling around in a uh, trashed Capitol building reminded me a lot of one of the art installations at Burning Man. So I guess that. <laughs> <laughs> I did like I did like seeing like them in the Capitol and not knowing what to do. So they're all just milling around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was it. Was that was that your entire question, David? Yep. All right. Top story: Reddit took over the stock market this week. Well, last week. Oh, last yeah, really last week. This week it's uh looks like the party might be over. Yes. Uh, but if you've been living under a rock, uh, you might you would have missed that Reddit uh in a a subreddit called Wall Street Bets, um basically convinced tons of people to put lots of money into GameStop stock. Which drove the price up from like twenty dollars a share a month ago to a peak of four hundred and some, and was holding stable at three fifty for a while. I, I don't know how stable I would call it. It was. I mean, it was like stable for a, a day. <laughs> Even during that day, it was like averaging three fifty, but it was up yeah. and down a bunch during that day. Oh yeah, it was. It was fluctuating all over the place. Um, but it was. It was explicitly pitched by the uh, people at the subreddit as a way to screw over the hedge funds because they had tons of short positions taken out um, on GameStop and they'd actually shorted more than 100% of the stock. Which I didn't know was possible, but turns out is. Yeah, I didn't know it was possible, but uh, I'm not surprised because that's how, like, all leverage works, I think. Yeah, I mean, do you you guys want a quick summary on how short-selling works? Yeah, I know how it works. And once I okay. read up on, um, you know, why you can get over 100, I was like, oh, yeah, that that totally makes sense. It just it hadn't ever occurred to me that that could be a thing. Yeah, I feel like everyone's doing their their primers this week on um, how short selling works. So uh, go listen yeah. to one of those. Um, if, if yeah, and the way you can get shorts above 100% is the way a short works: is you borrow a stock from someone, sell it. And then later you buy it back to return it to the person you borrowed from. And if the person you sell it to is intending to let someone borrow it for a short, then you can have short positions above 100% of the stock. Yeah, now here's the part that I don't understand. When do you have to give the stock back? Uh, it dep- It's part of the terms of the short. Yeah. So, like, you can have month-long shorts, year-long shorts, etc., can't you also have indefinite shorts where you just pay a interest percentage every day or week or something? Uh, that isn't something I specifically know exists, but I wouldn't be surprised if it exists. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually had a professor who uh, was telling a story about when he was in grad school, um, and uh, one of his professors was doing some speculation on the side, and he forgot to close out a short. <gasps> Uh, and it was on like, no, 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 sorry. It was futures, not shorts. Um, uh... so yeah, so he bought a, uh, he bought, uh, some egg futures, 
and forgot to close them out. And one day in the middle of class, his stockbroker called him and said, hey, I just took delivery of two, uh, two train cars full of eggs. What do you want <laughs> yeah. me to do with them? Yeah, I was going to say, oh, oh if nice. you forget to close out your futures, you just end up with commodities. That's, that's not good. <laughs> what did he do with all those eggs? I assume he sold them. <laughs> yeah, he made a Ferrari cake. <laughs> I, the thing yeah. I found uh, really interesting about, from the populism angle on this, is apparently people really, really hate short sellers, or or at least yeah, that's that was you one know... of the most fucking stupid things about humans. Well, see, I don't even know if people actually hate short sellers, or if this is just like they need some more license oh, no, to do people... this, and so no, they're saying people that hate, hate short them. sellers. Yeah, they hate anyone who profits off of like bad news. It's why they yeah. hate price gougers and like how anytime there's a disaster that you you see like pr- people railing against profiteering or whatever. It's yeah. like people really have moral this moral repugnance at the idea of uh, people profiting off of bad things happening to other people. But short, I mean, okay, I guess. Can you just not explain to them that short selling is how we keep from getting bubbles and housing crises and stuff? Like, The Big Short was an amazing movie, and everybody loved it, and the short sellers were the heroes in that because they were trying to tell everyone, this is a crazy bubble, stop what you're doing. No, you can't just explain that because it's like two inferential steps away from most people's understanding of the stock market and at this level they barely have patience enough for one yeah that's that's also true but Um, yes speculation of all sorts is just how the market propagates financial information through itself and when we allow the market to propagate financial information through itself, it tends to spit out fun things like food and Marvel movies and so on. And so it's something we should let happen. Um, yeah, so uh, the uh, sort of uh, the shitty side of this story is that a lot of these trades from the Redditors were going through an app called Robinhood. Yes. Um, which is like a the the app everyone's been day trading on uh, throughout the lockdown because they're bored and there's no uh, they they sort of pioneered the no transaction fees model, um, which I think a lot of other brokerages are doing now. Uh, but it's their fault. So everyone's using Robinhood to buy all these stocks, and then Robinhood uh, on was it Thursday or Friday uh, just stopped allowing people to buy Robinhood stock or, or stopped Stop. allowing them to buy GameStop stock. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sinister motivations here that people are speculating about. Um, Robin Hood claims that it's because they, they just didn't have the liquidity to fund these trades because there were so many of them. Yeah. They... Um, which I kind of believe because that's, uh, not a good thing for a brokerage to admit. <laughs> it's true. It's, I, I don't know. The, it really seemed shady as hell. And like you would, you would think that they could get sued for that sort of thing but apparently it's in the contract that uh, that you sign that they can do that so yeah I, I imagine it was in the terms and conditions somewhere yeah so the moral of the story is read the terms and conditions no, no nobody does, does that. that that's not <laughs> no one's and no one's going to um so th- the reason it seems so shady though is because it was the hedge funds that had shorted the stock so much that were really getting creamed over this mm-hmm um, because they're the ones with the the stock that they need to to give back, and if any of those shorts became due while this stock was was inflated like this, you know they were 
they, they they stood to lose a lot of money, and at least one hedge fund lost several billion dollars. Did they? Did they? So I didn't look into that much. Did they lose it just on paper? Did they actually legit have to buy stock back and lose lose that money? No. What I saw is that Melvin Capital lost, I think, close to three billion dollars in in real money, and had to be uh, had it, it somehow got bailed out by a different hedge fund, which I don't know how that works. Like I'm but, really surprised that they couldn't just come to some agreement. Like, hey, we're both help, big wealthy hedge fundies. Let's not let these populists push us around. Just extend this thing for a month. We'll, we'll you know, we'll give you a little extra money. Let us extend. If that it. was me, I'd say, uh, fuck you. Give me that stock. I'm gonna sell it right now. Oh well, yeah, okay. There's that too. <laughs> yeah, like that's uh, it's not. You're doing them a pretty big favor <laughs> yeah. if you're extending the terms to when the stock is worth less. All right. It's like you made the bet. Give me the stock. Mm-hmm. Um. Because whoever's, I mean, whoever's lending it to him is is taking the opposite bet. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Um. Uh, but the shady part is that like all the all the you know the Wall Street insiders and the establishment was all freaking out about this. It was like dirty unwashed masses interfering in their you know fancy pants market. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a lot of speculation that uh, Robinhood and some other brokerages were restricting these kinds of trades. Uh. Because it was you know bad for their Wall Street buddies. Yeah. And I don't you know I think there's probably something to that. I. I have mixed feelings on this because, on the one hand, you should people. I mean, the the rules of the game are if you have the money, you can play the market, right? So the dirty, unwashed masses yeah. should be totally allowed to do whatever they want and spend their money however they feel. On the other hand, it always kind of sucks when like you've got a nice, stable system going, you're keeping, you know, your your whatever going, and then suddenly it gets party crashed by a bunch of people who don't give a fuck and just you know fuck the whole place up. Like you let you. Random people into you don't let random people into your science lab and trash the beakers. Yeah. So counterpoint, it's less like someone coming through a science lab and trashing the beakers, and more like someone rolling up to a Las Vegas casino dressed entirely in hundred dollar bills, and starting to shout about how they know how to play the games better than everyone who like has spent a ton of time and effort learning the game. So if the system was working well, then they would just see these as a bunch of suckers that they can fleece. And I consider it a uh, mark of how Wall Street is diseased that they saw this as a credible threat instead of uh, people offering offering to give them their money by being idiots. Yeah, I also, you know, uh, take I wouldn't call it the uh, a science lab, because <laughs> right. um, I feel like it's the Wall Street people that have crashed the market every other time. Yes. Um, so it's not like they're being, you know, the sober, responsible ones being like, oh no, we're you caretaking stewards of the market. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're uh, playing just as just as fast and loose as anyone else. Um, not that that's bad to do. That's how the market works. But you know, if, if other people want to do it, they can do it. I mean, it is bad to do when you're can be reasonably confident of government bailouts and no serious repercussions when your chicanery blows up a bunch of people's lives. Cough, well, cough, two thousand eight. Cough, cough. Yeah, that's the thing. A number of people posted about how like. I am doing this for revenge because in 2008, when Lehman Brothers went under, my parents lost my entire college fund, and the government bailed those fuckers out, but I couldn't go to college, and now I'm, you know, clawing my way up without a degree, and uh, so fuck them. I want to, you know, fuck them as hard as I can. But also, like, on the other hand, the brokers, 
they really aren't going to be hurt that bad. Like like you said, someone else already um, bailed them out, and at the end of the day, the people who are going to get fucked by this is mainly the Redditors who are going to be losing more money than they're getting at the end of the week. Well, I think Melvin Capital got uh, pretty fucked, regardless of the bailout. Yeah, the, the way I've... Like, I'm of about 16 different minds on this, but <laughs> the way I think I've settled on thinking about it is... You know, in uh, Scott Alexander's return post, how he's talk, how he talks about like um, that one work of fiction where uh, the hero is facing down the villain who burned down their village, and mm, the villain yeah. was like um, that. Like the day I burned your village was the most important day of your life for me. It was just another Tuesday. Like, that's how kind of how I think about this. Like, Wall Street has been fundamentally broken um, for at least since 2008 uh, because they know that they can make bets and keep the winnings and don't need to worry about the losses. And this is just a way for some people this one time to get them to remember their speculation as something other than just another Tuesday, and in that spirit, I'm all for it. All right. Uh, now, uh, this uh, this whole thing made some uh, made the uh, unlikeliest pairing of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Cruz, <laughs> uh, both agreeing that Robin Hood was being super shitty. Yeah. And uh, Ineos, do you want to talk about that? Well, sure. Um. Uh... Everyone is, yeah, on the Robin Hood is shitty train here, uh, including our Congress folk, uh, perhaps because they see how the entire populace is going. But AOC said this is unacceptable. We need to investigate them, etc. Uh, in a tweet. And Ted Cruz rep replied with, I fully agree. Uh, and then AOC replied, uh, I'm just going to read this one. I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. Which was just the most sick burn retort I have seen in a long time. Like, just escalating it right away. And, you know, I, I can't necessarily blame her because when you are literally in fear of your life uh, just a few weeks ago, you don't forget that shit that quickly. Yeah, I mean, my my comment on this in the Discord was this is like your classic overstatement of harm. Um, it's, you know, she phrased it in the most dramatic way possible instead of saying like, ah, Ted Cruz, you supported, you know, a mob that attacked my building and uh, I escaped, you know, and was never in any real danger, but it was scary for a little while. Um, she says, oh, no, you tried to have me murdered, um, which <laughs> well, it's not, it's not what Ted Cruz did. But the reason this tactic is so effective is that what can Ted Cruz say? Right. You can't be like, well, I didn't try to have you murdered. I was just I, I was just supporting the people that, you know, probably would have murdered you if they could have gotten a hold of you. Yeah. I just want a thorough investigation of the election fraud. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't I don't think that she's necessarily overstating that badly. Like if for anyone who was an outside observer to say that, yeah, they're overstating it. They should say what you just said. But if I was the person that was on the house floor hiding, like, you know, hoping that someone can't see through a window to shoot bullets inside because you don't know that they got guns out there or whatever, uh, I would like I would probably use the same words. Like, sure, he didn't 
actually tried to get someone to kill her. But even after the fact, he was supporting uh, those lunatic peoples. And, uh, you know, you just you don't forget that. Yeah, I just mean Ted Cruz did not try to have her murdered. Not literally, like, no. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta say, I, like I said, I'm pretty much settled on being on Wall Street Bet's side here. But I cannot help but respond with visceral horror to anything that Ted Cruz and AOC agree on. And there is no way in hell or double hell that they write any regulations stemming from this that doesn't make every single one of the problems on Wall Street ten times worse. Yeah, well, this is why I think the hedge funds are being so stupid, because they're the ones calling for regulation. And I'm like, you're not going to like whatever regulation comes out of this Congress. Oh, no, they're absolutely going to love it. Yeah. Because they have legal departments. Oh, yeah, true. They have $3 billion to lose, so they can funnel some small portion of that into uh, lobbyists. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I I feel it's so weird because, like, I, I too would like to see the man get it stuck to. But on the other hand, like, specifically going after short sellers because you think shorts are evil is, like, dumb in my opinion. And also, I kind of think that anyone who participated in this is like, why? I mean, you don't. You don't jump onto a crazy meme stock if if you have an ounce of sense, because they're crazy volatile. That's that's their whole thing. That's why they're fun. And um, I guess I mean she, I did it. I know, but you did it for the funds, right? No, I did it because I thought it could make some money, and I did. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I was like, oh, this stock's jumping all over the place. Uh, it's at a low point right now. I'll buy it, and it went back up, and I sold it. It was great. Yeah, I mean, but. But that was gambling, because you had no idea. Yeah. It was jumping all over like crazy, and you won your gamble, but, you know. I mean, it was gambling, but not in the sense that the house was favored. Right, the you house know. was not favored, but, I mean, it was it was a crapshoot in not, in, okay, that's not the correct term, because the house is favored on those. But yeah. you know what I'm trying to say, we're like, it, the, the results I, would be completely random, and you I know what lucky. you're trying to say, but I don't think it's a good analogy. The term you're looking for is random walk. Yeah, like, how do you know when to buy Bitcoin, for, as a similar example? You don't. It, it just... The, the, the answer is always now. <laughs> I suppose. Whenever you ask that question, the answer was now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, isn't it's back at a peak, right? Uh, no, it was at a peak of 40,000 about two, three yeah. weeks ago. Uh, then it okay. It dropped is to that... about 30, and now it's up to 33 again. Okay. Well, you know, still now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anyone have any more comments about uh, Wall Street bets or hedge funds before we move on? Um, just that this is sort of uh, a quick comment that this just seems to be the latest iteration of a game that people have been playing with Wall Stock for a while, where they'll just pile on a stock uh, that has a good chest, uh, not just defense, a good shelling point stock, and just drive it crazy for a while to gamble, and then uh, you know drop out afterwards. And you know there's some winners and there's some losers, and it's a weird ass trend, man. But okay, like the last one I heard it happening to was Signal, a company that is not the Signal app, but at the time that the Signal app became incredibly popular, uh, this stock skyrocketed, and they put out a statement saying, hey, we're, we're not the Signal app company. You guys know that, right? And their <laughs> stock kept skyrocketing for three days because people were uh... playing the chicken game. They're like, ah, I don't care. Everyone else is still buying it, so uh, I'm going to too. And then eventually people cash out, and then there's winners and losers left over, and, you know, the shelling point this time happened to be GameStop. Uh, I don't know what the next one will be, or GameStop, but it's just a thing now, and it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's... Uh... 
I feel like that's been happening as long as there's been a stock market. Yes, I just... It, it has literally been happening since there's been a stock market. It actually predates the stock market. If uh, no one's, if you guys haven't ever taken the time to peruse the Wikipedia page for Tulip Mania, it's a great way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the Tulip Bubble. Always fun. Yep. I just, I, I see that and I'm like, why are you fucking up my, my perfectly non-functional financial system for your gambling games? But <laughs> I just, I feel like that's just a fundamental misunderstanding of what the financial system is. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, well. It's uh, it's sort of like a casino, but it's but the uh, the odds are in your favor. I mean, you obviously think I have a lot more financial luck than I do. No, I mean the stocks they generally go up. Oh yeah, yeah. If you sure, if you invest in the the whole system overall, yeah. But not yeah. if you're going for these targets. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. If things. you're day trading, day trading is yeah, basically the casino. Yeah. All right. So um, our last episode was two weeks ago, uh, and back then Trump was still president. <laughs> Um, and he's not anymore, so that's a piece of news we should probably talk about. Um, still no impeachment trial, because the Democrats are stupid. Uh, we covered that in the last episode, yeah. uh, in my troop deployment. Uh, so we'll just add that that hasn't even started yet. And already it seems like old news and pointless. Yeah. Like everyone knew it would be. I think you were absolutely right when you said they should have pushed immediately because now it's just never going to happen, it looks like. Yeah, it was either do it right away or don't do it. Yeah. It's going to happen, but it's going to look stupid because mm -hmm. he's he's already out. Um, but so Biden took over. Um, it actually happened. There was no big no 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 big to do really that day um, from the right anyway. Yeah. They had a they, Biden had a, had a big thing that I guess some people watched. You guys didn't watch this, did you? The inauguration? No. Are you kidding? I don't know. I so many people watched it, and I'm like, why? Uh, what is the? I don't. I heard. Know. I heard so many people being like, "Oh, I liked Biden's speech," and I'm like, "Why were you watching that?" Because that people could, don't have that is like lives. The last thing on my list. Maybe they're the same people who like pay to see pictures of royalty doing things, waving at people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't get why people watch the royal wedding either. But yeah, they love that. You got do you guys remember how uh you guys wanted to do a live stream on election night and I was like no that would be stupid mm -hmm. the way you're feeling right now is how I felt then Oh see that's just completely different something was happening on election night that we didn't know what Beg was going to happen to differ the meaningless shuffling of figureheads was happening that oh night. Oh my god, you're on this again? <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's nah, the same thing as any not other... Not only ironically, but... That's uh... the same thing as any other sporting event. It's a random number generator that's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's true, I do like uh, certain sports. Well, I do like random number generators. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on his, uh, his first few days, Biden issued a whole bunch of executive orders. I think he's up to about 30 now. Um, lots of undoing Trump stuff, lots of seemingly purely symbolic stuff, like, uh, telling the, uh, telling the executive departments to not racially discriminate anymore. <laughs> um, Wait, were they racially discriminating before? <laughs> of course they were. I think that's the were. implication. <laughs> okay. No, it's like, it's like stuff to, like, in ensure diversity or whatever. They were, and it was blatant enough that it can be fixed with executive <laughs> orders. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the biggest stuff is he uh, reinstated uh, DACA. 
awesome. the uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's great and all, but like pass the Dream Act already. That well, yes. Yeah. Like my I I loved almost all of these, but like seriously, I wish most of these were not being done in a way that meant that they might get reversed in four to eight years, please. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trump had trouble repealing DACA, but a uh, competent uh, anti-immigrant president wouldn't. Uh, But the thing about the DREAM Act is that it has like 70% support among Congress. They all say they want to pass it and nobody will bring it for a vote. Is there? Which I don't get. They got to have some kind of reason for that. Well, the Democrats don't want to bring it for a vote because they want like a big, um, you know, uh, uh, reform package that that's a part of. And they know if they just allow a vote on the Dream Act, then then no, there's going to be no, uh, there's going to be less support for the full package. Okay. So they want to say, okay, you want the Dream Act, you got to take all this other stuff too. Uh, I I think the Republicans didn't want to introduce it just because they any any kind of support for immigrants is kind of, is like toxic to their base. Um, so, so it doesn't really have that much I, Republican support then. Well, no, I think McConnell didn't want to bring it because if he gets, you know, 30 Republicans voting for it, but tw- uh, 20 against it, then the the the, the 20 who are in um, areas that, that are really, like, virulently anti-immigrant are going to punish the whole party. How Wait, how would they that punish the whole party? They'd still be reelected if they vote as their base wants them to, right? Yeah. No, it, I, not necessarily. Yeah. I'd buy that that is what McConnell's concerned about, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that's actually uh, uh, something he should be concerned about. Because, like, what are they going to do? Break with the party and vote for Medicare for all to punish them for voting for DACA or for the well, DREAM Act? Well, no, it's all about primary challenges. Yeah. And McConnell doesn't want primary challenges because then you get, you know, crazy re- Republicans that he can't control. Like Trump. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm skeptical, but yeah. Well, that I mean, um, that's my best guess for why the Republicans didn't bring it up. Yeah, they just plus a yeah. uh, big shout out to the Democrats who never ever ever pass up a chance to make the best the enemy of the good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if they could, if this really would split the Republicans, that's another great reason for them to bring just the Dream Act forward. They get a oh, Dream Act pass and they fuck the Republicans up. Look, I'm all for, like, try to get a big Im- re- immigration reform bill passed. That would be great, because we really need one. Um, and I think, David, you, pro- you, you probably even agree on that. Um, I don't know if you'd like... I don't know if we're going to like what the Democrats come up with, but, uh, you know, a big immigrant reform bill, good. But if you can't do that, and they're not going to be able to, then bring the DREAM Act. But, you know, to g- give it a try. I feel like... The Democrats' wish lists on immigration, my only objection would be, just on this one issue, to be clear, don't quote mind me, <laughs> but on immigration, the Democrats' wish list, my only objection would be that it's not extreme enough. Yeah. Like, I, I doubt that they would do anything that, any positive action that I would object to on immigration. Yeah, I mean, you're basically in favor of any, of open borders, right? Like, yep. so any... Any expansion of immigration is good. Um, I don't. I don't think I'm quite as extreme as that, but certainly whoever they want to let in now, wh- whoever would Joe Manchin would let in, I think obviously should be let in. Um, so that's DACA. Um, he put a Biden also issued an executive order banning federal use of private prisons by the Justice Department. Woo-hoo. Uh, this is good. This is a good step. 
Um, what would be really effective is if that included the uh, Homeland Security and ICE. Oh. Because they are the biggest federal user of private for-profit prisons. But he didn't include them. He did not include them. Motherfucker. only the Justice Department. Yeah, no, I don't know if he's giving them, you know, a minute and he's going to do it eventually. That would be great. I think, I think, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to be as hypocritical as saying he's bad and making the best the enemy <laughs> of the good here, but, like, seriously? Yeah, it, uh, it would have been nice if he actually put some teeth in it. I mean, it's still good that the Justice Department won't be using him. Yeah. Um, that is a, a non-zero number of prisoners who will now get out of the worst prisons in the country. Uh, but, yeah... Would be nice if it had some more teeth to it. Uh, friendly reminder that private prisons are only a symptom and the real problem is over-incarceration for everything. But, yeah, this is a good... This is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, he issued an executive order reversing Trump's Muslim ban, um, which doesn't really do anything right now because we have travel restrictions everywhere because of COVID. Didn't realize but that was once so that gets lifted... Uh, yeah, if you, if you don't remember... The Muslim ban, it was uh, Trump just decided that nobody from certain Muslim-majority countries was going to be let into the country. Um, and then claimed that it wasn't about banning Muslims, even though he had said like a hundred times that it was. <laughs> and the, I think this, it went to the Supreme Court and they were like, well, I mean, he says now that it's not about Muslims, so I guess it's legal. Uh, so, yeah, that was stupid. Um, and Biden got rid of it, so that's good. Um, one thing I'm sad about is that he, he undid the Trump order that said all agencies have to get rid of two regulations yeah. for every new regulation they create. Now, in all seriousness, that was a stupid order because the amount, the actual number of regulations doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can just write a regulation that's twice as long and then it's one regulation. Um, yeah, that order was always pure political theater. Yeah. But it was um, the, but I, I sort of like the message. Yeah. Yeah. That we have too damn many regulations and we should repeal some. Um, and I think actually it may have had the effect of at least causing some agencies to look at their code of regulations and be like, okay, what what don't we actually need here? Yeah. And Biden's already been saying that about how he's going to slow down further COVID vaccines. So that's great. I guess that's Wait, part of the what? best part. What did he say? That uh, the 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 next vaccine that's being made right now, they they're saying like, oh yeah, we need full the phase three tests. Yeah, full phase three tests and everything. You know, it's. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. And the, I uh, believe the European agencies are already approving it. Is that is that something that Biden has specifically ordered done, or is this just the FDA being absolutely shit? I think it's both. Like I do think uh, he had a, a hand in it. I haven't well, heard that. And, the honeymoon and... period's over. <laughs> Biden sucks. Fuck him. Um, I the think, public I don't sucks. Know. Fuck hope. I, I don't have a source, so maybe I misheard and it wasn't Biden specifically that did it. I see. I just assume that if that happened, um, at least before his blog post came out, uh, Zvi would have mentioned it because that is not the type of thing he tends to miss. Um, but uh, so if that's the case, that sucks. Uh, but we will we will get to the COVID section uh, later in the episode. Yes. Um, he uh, Biden also issued an executive order uh, taking away Trump's wall funding. Good. Which is you know symbolic but fun. 
Also didn't realize it was funding. Oh yeah, no. So if you'll if you'll remember, Trump declared a state of emergency <laughs> and took a bunch of money from other that was allocated to other uh, places. Oh yeah, and, he did that well. before we got the actual emergency. Yeah, I, I remember that. I thought he just said he was going to and didn't actually go through. No, with no, it. he did it. Oh my. Yeah, because okay. Con- Congress wouldn't fund the wall. And so he said, fine, I'll just declare a state of emergency. Wait, I thought Mexico was going to fund the wall. <laughs> yeah, we all thought that. Um, but it, apparently it was us. We funded the that wall. That was part of the emergency. They weren't doing their funding part. Yeah, it was it was um, tax money and also Steve Bannon. Uh, and and we'll, we'll get to Steve Bannon later also. Yeah. What? By the way, was the wall what Steve Bannon named his mega yacht? And if not, would that have protected him from the mail fraud charges? Uh, I hope so. That would just be a great scheme. Uh, all right. And then the other uh, the other executive order that I wanted to highlight was he reversed the transgender military ban. Nice. Yay. Yeah, which is great. Um, I don't care what you think about you know transgender people or wh- whatever. There's no reason not to have them serving in the military um under their um gender that they uh that they are i mean there is the Uh, reason that we shouldn't have a military (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean sure and the reason that a lot of uh gender segregation is stupid in the first place but if you're gonna have a gender segregated military let trans people um serve with their actual gender uh okay also that was a joke get off my ass i realize that national defense is a hard problem Sure, but, I mean, do we really need people for it anymore? I, I hear you do still need people, <laughs> it's all just, surprisingly. Quite a few isn't, it, isn't it all just robots? No, the ro- we, we don't have the technology yet. Yeah, well, uh, we will. We, well, I was yeah, about to so say they're... I certainly hope so, but then on the other hand, I kind of hope not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's this one um, egoist, Randian uh, poet who I follow on Facebook... His poems are super corny, but I, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. And he does have a uh, poem about an anarcho-capitalist uh, glorious future that he envisions. And there's a line in there about um, how they have, uh, like, 20 police officers, a dozen hard marines, and seven bombs so smart that no one invades them. <laughs> Which, it, it's cute. <laughs> Probably not, but it's fun. All right. Well, next story is from Inyash. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, related to the January 6th storming of the Capitol thing. Uh, A lot of companies have stopped supporting the Republican Party since that happened, specifically because of the uh, stance of people who were uh, supporting those those, uh, crazy insurrectionists or cooers or whatever the hell we call them. Um, Terrorists. Terrorists. I don't think terrorists quite fits, but... Um, yeah, I keep having this fight, but I call them terrorists. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that some of them, you know, you know, we've asked for the donations to return, which I don't think is ever going to fly and more of a uh, posturing <laughs> thing. But yeah. Please, sir. But I mean, many, many large companies just, as a matter of course, donate lots of money to both parties because they know both parties can strangle them through regulation and uh, or make their lives easier with through, uh, you know, regulating the, uh, their their competition. Yeah. Uh, 
and, and like it's just a cost of doing business and the fact that a lot of them pulled out support for the Republican Party I think is like a big deal like if the party is losing institutional support from the things that drive our economy that's that's a sign um I don't know how long this is going to continue if they're going to start funding the Republicans again after a year or two but like that was that was big I mean these include places like Amazon AT&T uh Boeing fucking Boeing they make our war machines like uh, it, it was it was surprising yeah we'll see what happens in the 2022 election if uh, there's that the, they actually there's actually a meaningful hit yeah. to Republican fundraising efforts, then then I'll be with you that it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but oh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, but they still have the pillow guy, so they're probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, he'll fund the whole campaign. Uh, there, there are a few companies that have explicitly said it's just a, a pause on funding for, like, Goldman Sachs at six months. So I guess more of a symbolic thing. But, you know, just the fact that the Republican Party is being put on notice from their funders is, is something. Yeah, I mean, when, when, if they lose Goldman Sachs for good, that's, uh, that's a harbinger. Yeah. Also, uh, the line is, our six policemen quite suffice. We've seven hard marines and 13 jets with bombs so smart that no one intervenes. Nice. That's, that's, that's pretty good poetry, actually. I, I mean, I realize I'm a poetry rube, uh, but uh, I like that one. That is the worst stanza in the poem. And um, this poem is not my favorite of his. Uh, so, like, you are getting the low point from this guy, but the high point isn't that much farther above it. So, like, <laughs> if you're, if you like sappy, uh, libright poetry, give him a look. I'll put a link in the description. All right. Uh, so next story. So if you'll recall, on our last episode, um, we were talking about all the pardons Trump was going to issue on his way out. And he did, in fact, issue all of those pardons, uh, 143 to be exact. Um, is that a high number for a president going out? I don't know if the number is high, okay. uh, but it's definitely a high number of pardons that were not from recommendations from like the pardon committee or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, only about half of them were from that committee. Um, and that's the committee that reviews uh, clemency petitions and right, makes recommendations to the White House. Um, and these are generally legit ones. Um, this is a nonpartisan panel. They usually have good suggestions. Um, so about half of the pardons were those guys. And the other half were all just like corrupt cronies. Um, lots of white collar criminals uh, that presumably Trump just admires. Um, lots of people with political connections that got pardons for obvious reasons. Um, so that was, you know, and that's the cost of leaving Trump in office for those last two weeks. That's what we got for it. A bunch of corrupt pardons. Um, my favorite part of the story, though, is that they, somebody, somebody quoted an anonymous aide saying that the, uh, they, they did it all at the last minute because they couldn't get Trump to focus earlier. But then as soon as they took away his Twitter, they could, they could actually get him to sit down and do the pardons. That's fucking epic. Although, you yeah. know, that, I think that is a good lesson for everybody. Like, disconnect from Twitter and your life will be better and you will get more done. <laughs> I mean, if you're as addicted as Trump is, sure. Yeah. All right. Um, David, is this your story? Uh, oh, no, that one is mine. The, this happened in, I believe, Florida? Crap, let me click the link here. Uh, because everything happens in Florida, of course. Uh, no, Tacoma. <laughs> uh, Tacoma, WA, what is WA? Washington? Wisconsin? Why? Washington. Okay. Um, 
there were a group of basically kids, 20-somethings, teens, uh, that took over an intersection late at night and were spinning the cars around, like burning the rubber on the pavement, making lots of smoke and noise, and just partying, basically. And uh, a cop showed up and flashed his lights, and that used to be the signal to everybody scatter. And the times have changed, which is interesting. Uh, I probably want to talk about that more later. But uh, instead of scattering, the kids like basically mobbed the cop car. And, you know, they weren't doing much, just banging on the, the body of the car, banging on the windows a little bit. And the cop fucking accelerated into them and ran over, like pushed a whole bunch of people out with the force of the car and ran over two of them. Like when you watch the video, you see the car bump up over a body and then pause for a second. And then he hits the gas so the rear two tires go over him as well. It's, it's like fucking horrifying to watch. Sheesh. Yeah. I, I, how, what are the, is there a chance that this guy's going to see justice at all? Nope. Damn it. Yeah, probably not. Well, that's, that's ridiculous because yeah, he, he just ran over some kids and, uh, apparently they're out of the hospital. So it wasn't like life threatening, but the guy works at a barbershop. He says now he's having trouble working because he can't stand for very long, uh, without, rather intense pain and uh, maybe that'll heal up maybe he's injured for life i don't know it's it's fucking stupid and uh i was surprised i didn't hear more about it although on the other hand i try to check out from the news for the most part so uh, maybe it's been a bigger deal and i'm just out of the loop have you guys heard about this stuff no i didn't hear about it till you brought it up yeah like i don't know why why was this not bigger news considering all the police stuff that's happening this year maybe because nobody died yeah yeah pr- i don't know uh probably because they were white guys were they? I think they were mostly minority of some kind. Oh. Oh, well, I mean, maybe the guys that got ran over were white, because it was yeah, a mixed what group. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. All right. Well, this is your uh, monthly reminder, and qualified immunity. Yes. For cops. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of corrupt unions. Corrupt public sector unions. Oh, my God. I am just so fucking pissed off about this. So, teachers' unions have decided to... <laughs> They've decided to make sure that they can have their unionized workers at the front of the lines for the COVID vaccine, and also that they aren't going to do their fucking jobs after they get vaccinated, and this apparently makes sense, and we're not just supposed to, you know, go out and purge the teachers' unions with fire. I could totally get behind one or the other, but how do they justify both? They don't. They justify it by, fuck you, we have the votes. Damn. So the argument is that even after you're vaccinated, you might still be able to transmit the virus. So if the teachers go back to school after they're vaccinated, they could still catch the virus from the filthy children and then, you know, spread it around to their friends and family. Well, if they're getting, if that's the case and schools are going to be shut down, then they really don't need to be in front of the line for vaccinations, do they? No, they still do. That, that damned them to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Look, I don't know what, how many teachers unions are taking this position. I've, I've only seen one example of it. Uh, David, do you know, is this, is this a thing that many, many teachers unions are doing? I have only seen one thing that, like, came across my news feed, but they had the good grace to do this during school choice week, which was the other part of this story that I forgot to put in my notes. So needless to say, Reason was all over this, and you can just, like, look through their uh, school choice week tag for the last 
uh, for posts dated 2021. And, um... Is School Choice Week something that just got made up? Oh, no, it's t- it's definitely a thing. No one other than, like, people who are into libertarian politics cares about it, but it's definitely a thing in libertarian land. Hmm. All right, then. Uh, yeah. So that's a kind of a shitty position to be taking, and uh, teachers' unions certainly have not behaved well during this whole pandemic. So, yeah. Uh, or ever. I believe, I believe it has been argued, yeah, that they haven't behaved well in a long long time yeah probably all right so other covid news most of the short-term news this week was pretty good um cases are down um deaths have started falling um we're actually getting vaccines out to people we've blown past the one million dollar a day target that biden said we're up to 1.3 million a day um and it's growing um in most places now supply is the bottleneck um you know, they're, they're the places that are getting their supply. They're actually giving it out in a lot of in most states. Um, so that's all that's all getting better. Um, we're still having some spoil, but, you know, it's a relatively small amount. Uh, the long term COVID news is less encouraging. Um, the British variant seems to seriously be for real and on its way. And we're just going to be racing against that with uh, it's going to be British train versus vaccinations. Uh, so any anything we can do to speed that up would be better. Um, and the best thing we could do to speed that up is approve the goddamn AstraZeneca vaccine, yep. uh, which they are already giving people in Great Britain. Yeah. And apparently it's just the FDA is like, well, we need American scientists to look at it. You know, those British scientists, who knows what they're looking at? Uh, it's just the data is obviously there if it could get approved in Britain. Yeah. Um, there's been no... Uh, problems with side effects or uh, lack of efficacy or anything like that reported in the million people in Britain who have already taken it. So, you know, go ahead and approve it already. I, I heard, I mean, they're not even going to start looking at it until spring. I, no, that's not true. Uh, according to Business Insider, they're waiting for uh, uh, paperwork, which will not be ready until the spring. I think you're talking about Johnson & Johnson. AstraZeneca? This is the AstraZeneca vaccine? Uh-huh. Maybe I'm thinking of Johnson and Johnson because I think one of them is approvals expected, you know, within within a month or so. Oh, okay. I do. Um, but that might that may be Johnson and Johnson. That would be great because the Johnson and Johnson is the the one that's easy to give out. It's a single dose. Um, it doesn't need that like deep refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I know there's one that that we're expecting in the spring and another one that we're expecting pretty soon i thought it was astrazeneca because that's the one that's already approved in great britain uh says johnson and johnson could be approved soon so i think you may be thinking about the johnson oh, all johnson right one. yeah must be thinking of that one well that's even stupider approve <laughs> both of them yes oh my god what is wrong with us i mean this is this is the song we've been singing for months now but jesus what is wrong with us biden you were supposed to be better uh, other long-term news that sucks, um, the South African variant is uh, really scaring people uh, because it may be vaccine-resistant. Um, now, resistant doesn't mean the vaccine's not effective against it. It just means it's less effective than it is against the other varieties. And, you know, we can also make a vaccine in two days. We just need to fucking get it approved by the FDA. Yes. Although I guess we would have to go through the whole process of vaccinating the entire country again. Yes. Uh, Pfizer and Moderna have both said that they are fully capable of tweaking their vaccines to, to cover that variant very quickly. Um, but yes, it would have to be a whole nother test round of testing and approval. And then, yeah, you'd have to revaccinate everybody. 
Which, I mean, they don't have to do that for the flu shot. They just tweak it every year. They should be able to do the same kind of thing for this, right? I mean, they should be able to do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things people should be able to do, the European Union is really a complete clown show right now. Um, the as, as shitty as the U.S. rollout of the vaccine went, the European Union is doing so badly that they are they have like 10 percent of the vaccines that the United States has put out. Wow. It's really it's really awful. Um, and it's making Brexit look like a complete victory. Oh, really? Yeah, because Great Britain's Great Britain's doing doing fantastic. How did the EU fuck it up that badly? I didn't think we could do much worse than the U.S. Oh, you you would be surprised. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the this is what I was saying before. The U.S. I mean, we we fucked up a lot, but yeah, it could have been much worse, and it is much worse than the EU. And part of it is that the EU decided they were that. You know, the major countries decided they were all going to stick together and order the vaccine together. And so they made all these deals and they tried to, like, penny pinch about it. So they went into these negotiations trying to negotiate down the price, which which it just meant they didn't get their deals closed till months later. And then they were at the end of the line. Mm. Um, and, you know, Great Britain just stepped right in front of them. And we're like, OK, yeah, that's what it costs. We'll pay that. And so now they have tons of vaccine and the EU has much less. Uh, so, you know, as bad as we're doing, at least we're not the European Union. Yeah, I guess, good object lesson. Some things are worth paying a lot for. I mean, was it Tyler Cowen that said, uh, a billion is less than a trillion? So, we should just be paying whatever it takes to end the pandemic, because we're losing trillions of dollars? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's who said it, but that's a good yeah. good quote. Yeah, it was, it basically what he's saying is, well, we're losing trillions of dollars, like, every quarter, so... If the price tag of ending the pandemic is less than a trillion dollars, we should pay it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we didn't. Um, not that it would have cost really anything for the FDA to just not be in the way. But we've beat that dead horse a lot before. So instead of dwelling on that, we're going to move on to happy news. Yay. And uh, David. Yeah. The failing New York Times failed to kill Scott Alexander. He's back. Oh, yeah. Scott's back. Local hero and one of the best writers on, on the internet right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we already gushed about this uh, a few months ago when he announced he was coming back, but it actually happened. He is back. There are posts up right now that you can read, and they are delightful. Yes, they're great. Um, he is blogging at on Substack at Astral Codex 10, which uh, I don't know what that means, but I never knew what Slate Star Codex meant. So. Slate Star Codex was an anagram of uh, Scott Alexander with, like, one extra letter. He, was, he said that like he threw in an extra letter because Slate Star Codex was too cool to let the name be fucked up because he was missing a letter <laughs> in his name. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I, so I'm assuming that Astral Codex 10 is something similar, and probably Scott Alexander, maybe. I haven't done the actual, you know, looking at it myself, but I would bet along those lines. All right. Um, so everyone go read Scott's new Substack blog, and, uh, you know, if you have spare cash, subscribe. Absolutely. It'll it'll help make him you know more proof against this sort of canceling attempt or or doxing attempt or whatever the fuck New York Times was doing. Mm-hmm. It'll uh, also let him keep his stable, steady income as a writer, so he can pursue his pie in the sky ambition to uh, practice medicine. Actual quote of his, and boy, yeah. it's a good quote. And yes. I, <laughs> yeah. When you hear about his his yeah his 
attempt to do uh, the, this new remote psychiatrics work. It's interesting, and you know, if it works, it'll be a big deal. Yeah, he, what he's trying to what he's trying to do is um, cut the costs of psychiatric care. Um, he's trying to do. I, I think is it, is he trying to do it all? Remo- I guess he's doing it all remotely now, regardless. I think that part of the cost cutting was to have it entirely remotely, so you don't yeah. have to you know have an office and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's really trying to uh, increase access to medicine and do an alternative model that that no one else is really doing. So uh, that would be great if it works out because that industry could use some uh, innovation. Yes, and unfortunately, if you are hearing this podcast, you cannot be one of his clients because he does not mix the two worlds. <laughs> yes, so don't go try to be his client. A lot of people have, and he keeps telling everyone, "Knock it off." Yeah, you're you're fucking up his business because he he literally can't have you, and uh, you're just making it really hard for the people who could be clients of his to contact him. So knock that shit off. All right, other happy news, Eniash. That here? is me. Uh, the NFL announced that they're going to be giving away free Super Bowl tickets to 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers. Which, first of all, yeah, yeah, sports. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I don't like sports personally, but I'm glad that some people do, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's really nice that they're going to uh, healthcare workers because the, these have been, you know, putting their lives at risk for all of us for a while. But like the really nice part is the vaccinated part. I really, really hope that more uh, events start doing this thing where they will give out some portion of their tickets to vaccinated people, especially like high profile people or people that we want to thank because, you know, they're in the military or they're healthcare workers or the first responders or whatever. People that generally society heaps praise on because it looks good when you give them free tickets. But but the whole focusing on the vaccinated part constantly and in public and showing them like, you know, being praised and getting special privileges and that this shit is safe and look at the fun they're having. You could be having fun, too, if you vaccinated, you stupid moron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Yes. Uh, this this is the kind of thing that we want to have out there to popularize the getting vaccinated thing. Also, go Chiefs, fuck Tom Brady. He, yes, what he said. <laughs> Why do we want the Chiefs to fuck Tom Brady? Uh, because we hate Tom Brady. Oh, so this isn't like a porn thing. No. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Tom Brady, he sucks. He's the worst in every way. What, so what's... Except... Except he's actually the best, and that makes it even worse. Oh, what team is he on? He's on the uh, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. That's yeah. He was on the Patriots forever, mm-hmm. and then they cut him, and he was like, "Fuck you! I'll just join a new team, and we'll take them to the Super Bowl." And then he did it. That's I hate him so much. <laughs> so apparently, he actually is pretty good then. Yes, he's a very good, very good football player. Um, he's also a uh, super, super duper Trump supporter. Okay, that's. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a, it's a good thing I don't look to him yeah. for my, my politics leadership. Yeah, right? No, it's really, really, I hate him for the football. Okay. Um, but, you know, the Eagles beat him in the Super Bowl, so <laughs> can't have too many hard feelings. Anyway, okay. enough about sports. Um, on to troop deployments. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the field of battle every episode. And we will start with David. Yeah, so there's this concept in economics called a compensating differential. The idea is pretty straightforward. It's basically that some jobs have intangible features uh, that make them more attractive or less attractive. Uh, The typical example is... um, trucking in dangerous conditions versus uh, safer conditions. They're basically the same job in terms of what you actually have to do, but one is much more dangerous. 
And so we would expect the people who do the more dangerous version to be better paid. This is called a compensating differential. Uh, there's also uh, an, a related concept that goes by the same name, even though it's slightly different, where basically people can be compensated with uh, public acclaim and uh, people saying, wow, they're really uh, great people. Uh, instead of with money. This is something that gets talked a lot about, but I'm starting to suspect that it might be bullshit. Because when you look at the people who they are talking about, or who tend to get that sort of wild acclaim, it's people like teachers, police officers, soldiers, who in general are significantly overpaid. And they also get this benefit of being praised. And the theory predicts exactly the opposite, that they should get paid quite a bit less. And so I'm starting to suspect that that second sense of compensating differentials might be bullshit. Again, the first is very well established empirically and just intuitively obvious, so that one's definitely fine, but the other version, I'm skeptical. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash? Uh, I'm a mistake theorist at heart, and generally I like people to try to hash out their differences and work together and come to compromises. Uh, but over the last two weeks, less than two weeks, the number of Republican lawmakers I've seen coming out saying all of a sudden bipartisanship is super important. And remember, we got to respect the, the other 48% of America that, that voted differently than you and let's not be dividing the nation it really makes me want to vomit. Like, fuck all of these guys' calls for bipartisanship and cooperation when for four years, and really honestly, even during the whole um, uh, Obama administration, once they took the majority of the Senate, have just been sticking, just fucking things up as much as they can and saying that the other side doesn't matter, we have to stop absolutely everything they're doing. And now, all of a sudden, they're out of power, and it's like, oh, no, 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 we, we love bipartisanship. That... This strikes me as the same kind of bullshit as the free speech people who only care about free speech when it's their speech being restricted. And as soon as they get into power, they're like, free speech? We can't have that. That could be dangerous. So, you know what? Fuck all these Republicans and their calls for bipartisanship um, for at least a few years. I, I really just want to see them, I don't know, have someone poop on their heads or something. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Eniash. And uh, my troop deployment this week is about obesity. Now, currently, many states, including my home state of New Jersey, are prioritizing giving COVID vaccines to people at especially high risk of severe consequence. Now, included on this list is anyone with obesity. Now, the first problem with this is that nearly 40% of Americans are obese. So if you offer vaccinations for obesity, you're effectively including half the country on the eligible list and also including anyone willing to lie about it. But obesity shouldn't even be on the list because it's not a risky medical condition. The other medical conditions on the list are things like cancer, diabetes, kidney disease, and respiratory illnesses. In other words, actual medical problems. Obesity is tagged on there because it's seeing like the state for doctors. Obesity is based on body mass index, which is just weight divided by height, so it's easy to measure and track. Never mind that it was originally intended to be used to assess populations, not individuals, and it's bad at both. A person's BMI won't even tell you if they're fat or just muscular. But even if it did, being fat is not a dangerous health condition. 
being fat is correlated with certain dangerous health conditions like diabetes and heart disease, though it's anti-correlated with all-cause mortality, and losing weight is heavily correlated with mortality. This shouldn't lead us to jump to any conclusions, but it suggests that the data is more complicated than simply saying fat is bad. Further, studies tend to show that fat people with healthy habits tend to have similar health outcomes to thin people with healthy habits, which suggests that fat by itself is not the problem. Our country, and a lot of the rest of the world, hates fat. And that leads us, including the American medical establishment, to draw a lot of inaccurate conclusions about the relationship between fat and health. We, and especially doctors, should take a more evidence-based approach and realize that body size says very little about a person's health. For once, however, fat stigma is working in our favor. So I encourage all my fellow fatties to go get vaccinated while you can. I doubt they'll let us get away with this for long. So I say take advantage of your extremely temporary fat privilege and move to the front of the line. Cool. If you live in one of the states that does that. If you live in one of those states. Uh, if you live in a reasonable state, uh, sorry. Where do they measure the BMI? Like, could someone who's close to the edge just drink a ton of water and then get weighed? Well, I'll tell you this. I went in to get my vaccine. Uh, they didn't ask any questions. What do you mean they didn't ask any questions? <laughs> uh, I just had to say, oh, yes, I have one of these medical conditions um, on my uh, on my form. And that was it. God damn. That was, that was no verification at all. Well, all righty. Uh, there's also, in my state, you can, uh, and, and Zvi railed about this in his last uh, post, you can get uh, a vaccine if you smoke. Uh, and there's really no way to verify that. So you can just say, yeah, I'm a smoker. Wait, there's nicotine tests they can run on, on your blood, isn't there? I, maybe, but they're not going to. Oh, like I was, again, if I would live in one of those states, I was willing to take up smoking for a week. But like, yeah, apparently right? I don't even have to do that. No. This, okay, all right, clown timeline. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, please follow us in all the places. Um, leave reviews wherever you listen to us. And uh, donate to our Patreon because we're awesome and we deserve it. Um, Patreon will get you early access to episodes. You get to talk to us on our super cool exclusive Discord channel. And uh, whenever we get around to doing another bonus episode, you'll get access to that too. Uh, in the meantime, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.